0: Welcome, everyone, to the Stupid Sexy Podcast. Feels like I'm podcasting? Nothing at all! I'm um, Chris, that's Dan. And Dan, what are we reviewing on this wonderfully hot Friday night?
1: It is hot, Like, right? It it's is hot. Like, yeah, it's 82 here. 83 yeah. now. It's hot. It's We're starting to get there. It's almost Memorial Day weekend, Christopher. Well, we're going to review a hot episode. Oh, hot and sexy. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> well, they, they watched the
1: video. <laughs> so this week, we have original air date of May 7th, 1982, episode 23, season 3 of The Simpsons. It's entitled, Bart's Friend Falls in Love. Mm-hmm. I, I love the title of this episode that, like,
0: it's not even Milhouse Falls in Love, it's Bart's Friend. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like... Well, is this... early up in the show, if you saw the name, the name of the new episode is called Millhouse House awesome Love, and you go, "Who the
0: hell is Millhouse?" I mean, Millhouse is kind of established at this point. They did the, they did the Homer Defined episode, which really cemented their friendship. But yeah, this is a, uh, we don't get a lot of Millhouse centric episodes this early on. But this is a, this is a good one. It's also the penultimate season three episode and season 3 has been an excellent season overall. Like the the worst episode is still a pretty good episode. Like it's still an above average episode at at absolute best. I'm I'm looking through the list right here. I'm trying to be like did I even figure out what I thought was like the worst episode of season 3 cuz I really don't think I did. I might lean towards Mr. Lisa goes to Washington just cuz it was political heavy. And I also sometimes lean towards uh, separate vocations and Dog of Death because they're not really fun episodes. But, like, it's hard to pull a worst episode out of this season. Really hard. And even those episodes, we liked them, right? Yeah. So it's not like the season's going to end with the two strongest episodes here, which we're going to review this one. And then uh, on Monday we'll cover... The last episode of season three. Before we move on to season four, they are today. not
1: the strong episodes, but they are good episodes. But they are so. good
0: episodes, right? So we'll start off with, of course, I will not snap bras on the chalkboard, which is disturbing that Bart's doing that at yeah, the age so of ten. Like what? Yeah, what? What bras he <laughs> snapping? It's got to be Krabapples, right?
1: Because who? Else? No, none of the other kids are wearing bras. Like I might have known a couple of girls and. In- like fourth and fifth grade, that were had trainers, but like those aren't snappers. Those are not snappers now. <clears throat> and then it's the uh, the couch backwards
0: through the wall gag. We've seen it. The tip and couch gag, crash through the wall. But in the grand scheme of legendary Simpsons openings, this episode has one of the best openings in the entire series. The Indiana Jones parody. You guys have probably seen the clip online. And it's actually very easy to find, but we'll kind of we'll kind of take you through it here. It starts off with the the jar of change, Homer's giant change jar, which is pretty much all pennies. And Bart's navigating the mess in the room to not step on anything. He does the he's got the hat on. He does the thinking, the thinking motion, you know, the hand on the chin. And as soon as he takes the jar, Homer catches him. As he's chasing him, he falls down the stairs. So that's the boulder segment. Bart running from Homer, rolling. Uh, They have Maggie as one of the traps. She shoots the darts out of her dart gun at him. But I think my favorite part is Bart uses the ceiling fan to change momentum. And Homer just goes, what the? As soon as he realizes what he did. And then, of course, the classic. He's going for the garage door to get to the school bus. Homer hits the, the closer. Bart makes it, but he loses his hat, and he does the classic Indy reach-through for the hat as Homer crashes into the door, his fat stomach and his bald head. And he jumps on the bus, holds his hat in the air, into the wind. Like Indy gets on the plane, and Homer's chasing him with a rake in his underwear, screaming gibberish like the natives do. Ah, it's so good, Dan.
1: It's It's so
0: fucking good. It's so funny, too. You know, that's the thing, right? Is like, The Simpsons is really good at doing parodies, and sometimes their parodies are hit or miss, and then there are times when their parodies just hit a home run. Like, if they did an entire Treehouse of Horror segment based on Indiana Jones, there would be a lot of room for failure, but just a quick, no dialogue other than a couple of Homer quips, just a visual gag like that was friggin' brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. (laughs) So now back to reality. Bart's on the school bus. And Melhouse is like, check it out, Bart. I got this at the, at the, uh, uh, what does he call it? The, uh, it's some kind of a store that, that they, I thought there was a joke about the store, like the the value store or whatever. But he's like, Bart's like, ooh, an oversized billiard ball. It's like, yeah, it, it tells your, uh, tells the future. Bart's like, cool. Well, I passed my test today. And it's like, nope. Then Milhouse is like, will I get beaten up today? <laughs> All signs point to yes. And Nelson's like, yeah, those things never lie. So he beats him up. And then Bart asks the question. Will Milhouse and I be friends until we're, we're toothless old geezers? It says no. Will we be friends when we're high school dropouts? No. Will we be friends by the end of the day? No. Well, what the hell could possibly come between... A boy and his best friend.
1: And the answer to that, Dan? A girl. A new girl in the school. She's being, she's in principal's office. Principal Skinner's talking to her. And he's like, are you one of those kids that other principals send to other schools because you're so bad they just want to trade you off? (laughs)
0: Like he did to Bart once. (laughs) <laughs> he sent him away to a foreign Should country. You know. Well,
1: we'll see in your permanent record.
0: Oh, I like that you beat the uh, the bedwetting in second grade. It has that in there? My favorite part of this is every time he's talking to her, he has a Vietnam flashback.
1: Yeah.
0: Because <laughs> part of
1: Skinner's... like how when they left me in that cage for 18
0: months? And yeah, right? Because part of Skinner's backstory is that he was a POW. Prisoner of war for those... Uninclined. They're those that need need the uh, the definition. So, of course, Bart fails his test and he's bragging about how the 8-Ball didn't lie. And that's when Skinner shows up. Much to Krabappel's dismay, because she's just like, really? Another one, Seymour? And he's like, this is Samantha Stanky. Uh, Stanky. Oh, how embarrassed for you. And then Krabappel's like, I know this is going to be Weird. You're in front of a new class and everything. So stand up here and tell everybody about yourself. I'll be judging you on your grammar. And she's like, well, we just moved from Phoenix. My dad owns a security company and we moved to Springfield because you guys have a lackluster police force and a high crime rate, which is fucking hysterical. And also your town has a weird smell that you're probably all used to, but I'm not. That's a wonderful introduction that
1: like within six days be used to yeah, six matter. days but millhouse is making the puppy dog eyes already so when you think of the weird smell is, it you think it's the tire fire
0: uh yeah, probably the tire fire although isn't there like a sulfur plant or something But when uh when they're doing the reality thi- or the reality the realty joke later on I think they're uh oh no that that we did that uh we'll get to that one with uh Lisa's first word. Which is because uh, they're when they were looking at houses, the guy tries to sell them one that's right by like uh, or I think it's like a like something where they gut pigs or something. It's like what? The, it's like uh, so a... it's
1: like the the plant where they make the um, that sauce that was all the big deal a few years ago, and they had to shut it down because it smelled so bad in the neighborhood. Some, I think it. so. Yeah. Yeah. What's it fucking called? That red sauce that was thicker than. Worcestershire? No, that's not red. <laughs> I just wanted to say Worcestershire. Uh, Cock, sauce. Cock sauce. There you go. Yeah. That's what other people called it. Yeah,
0: that's a great name, by the way.
1: <laughs> Cock sauce? Yeah. Sriracha? 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 They had to shut it down because the place smelled so bad that everybody in the town complained about it. Sounds about right. So, Milhouse is eating lunch,
0: and Bart gives him a wet willy. And while he's distracted by that, a dodgeball freaking smacks him in the face. And he's like, when I find out who threw that ball... And he puts on his glasses and realizes that it's Samantha. She flashes his braces, her braces at him. And that officially breaks the ice, Milhouse and Samantha... So she crushes on him just as hard as he crushes on her. So at least that's like, it's not one of those things where like the kid is going for the new girl and the new girl doesn't know he exists or the new girl's crushing on the popular kid and the popular kid doesn't know she exists, right? Like there's, there's a mutual thing there right away.
1: Yeah. What a bunch of losers.
0: And of course, Krabappel doesn't help anything because these fourth graders are about to endure a sex ed video. Now, of course, I I wanted to comment on that, but my sex education happened in fifth grade. So, it's really not that much of a step. Mine as well. So.
1: And, And it was given to us by the D.A.R.E. officer who did the D.A.R.E. program earlier in the year. Dude, okay, so we didn't
0: have the D.A.R.E. officer, but we had the gym teacher, right? And it was the gym teacher taught us the sex ed, and he was the same guy that did the D.A.R.E. program. I wonder if that was, like, a nationwide thing, if that's how that stuff worked. Like, if it wasn't wasn't a guy from the program, it was a teacher doing the programs, and, like, they did all the stuff. Because we had, like, the one gym teacher in high school did all the driver's ed teaching, right? Like, that's what he did. He did the driver's ed class. He was the only teacher who did the driver's ed class, but it was the freaking gym teacher uh so so maybe they all had like the secondary thing for for jim and everything but okay so like right right so we got we got the the sex ed video which is hysterical enough as it is because first of all it's led by troy mcclure who you right remember from some educational videos as lead paint delicious but deadly
1: and here comes the metric system you know, the funny thing about the metric system is, like, even when our parents were kids, they were taught it because you'll be using this any minute now. Well, right, because Jimmy Carter
0: tried to put Americans on the metric system.
1: And we, we learned it because we're going to be switching to it anytime. now. Which is funny, too, because the metric system makes so much sense.
0: Everything's in a proper interval. Plus, there's only, like, three countries in the world that use the system we use. So, well, there you have it, folks. Gotta love that freedom. Twelve inches to a foot. Three feet to a yard. Yeah, love it. But, the Sex Ed video... Ten
1: hundred thousand. Yeah.
0: Well, the Sex Ed video is Fuzzy Bunny's Guide to You Know What. Copyright 1972. Which is funny because of, like, the fashion and all the stuff that they do, too. Like, Fuzzy Bunny, you know, he's got acne and fur where there was no fur before. And he noticed Fluffy Bunny, and they do all the stuff. Like, they take in a movie, they go to the ice cream social. <laughs> they go to a freaking shooting range. they And then they never give in to their biological urges. And apparently Funny Buzzy is Jewish <laughs> because that's, they have a Jewish wedding. And then comes the honeymoon. That's like the best part, too. Where, Well, because it's funny, because Bart's bored out of his mind, so he puts his head on his desk, so Samantha and Milhouse, who are sitting on either side of Bart, can stare at each other. And as soon as they get to the honeymoon, all the kids go, eww, and Krabappel goes, she's faking it. And that might be one of the funniest lines in all The Simpsons. <laughs> I mean, that's just friggin' hysterical disinterested Krabappel. Hey, why don't you live with Mr. Krabappel? Because Mr. Krabappel wanted to chase something fluffy down a rabbit hole. That's a funny line, too. So, of course, and and of course they do the bunny thing at the end. She had 14 bunnies, only 8 survived, which is very realistic. That's That's why they have 14. Yeah. So, of course, it's like, So, uh, anybody have any questions? And of course, well, how do we know if we're falling in love? Oh, please. (laughs) So most of you will end up marrying out of desperation of dying alone. And then Bart wants his monkey man. That would be playing God. God, schmott, I want my monkey man. So, gotta love the sex ed video when the two fourth graders are crushing on each other. Because Milhouse offers to walk Samantha home. Doesn't even get on the bus; just walks her. Just walks her, yeah. And then he brings her to Bart's treehouse, and Bart is just incensed by this. I brought friends over here before, yeah, but never a girl.
1: Well, wait, I'm gonna go see my sister. She probably has some girly comics.
0: Oh yeah, because all the comics that Bart has are just, you know, they don't—they're not gonna joke with the the girl comics, and they're making out. Ah. They're making it. Out. And it's the, it's the good frame too, right? He's got the comic up. The people are kissing on it. He's like, you guys want to see something gross? And then he puts it down in there. They're doing the thing. Right in the treehouse. So. Well, we make it to the first commercial break without a B-plot. But when we come back from the commercial, Lisa's watching Smart Lion with Homer. And it's all about the obesity crisis in America. And she's worried because Homer is quite obese. In fact... He's like, oh, this is boring. Where's the channel changer thingy? And when he can't reach it, he goes, "Eh, I'll give it a shot." So now Lisa's got the uh, the worry here. Like right? she has that freaking she has that freaking fat Homer nightmare where they're burying Homer and like Maggie is still sucking a pacifier, even though she's grown. But he's
1: so fat that you had a piano box for him, <laughs> and he's still so fat that the crane can't hold him, so uh, he falls and up. It kills everybody. Yeah.
0: So, by the way, real quick, Homer's watching the commercial when Lisa comes in to to talk to him about the subliminal messaging stuff, and they're advertising the Good Morning Burger, which, other than smothering it in butter, putting ham and a fried egg on a burger sounds friggin' amazing. Now I know... Because Red Robin has a fried egg on a burger, the Royal Red Robin, and that thing is to it's die for. so many for.
1: places put a, put an egg on a burger. It's like a go-to nowadays. Uh,
0: it's so good, though. I actually used to make those at home. Like, that was something I made when I was in France. Because, you know, I only had access to the the little convenience store, the Wheat Dewey. The 8-to-8, instead of 7-Eleven, it was an 8-to-8. And it was right around the corner. Like literally on the corner where we were where we were staying, and they only had small stuff that you could buy. And the rooms we were staying in only had the mini fridge and the burner, right? So, you know, it's not I couldn't buy anything microwavable because I didn't have a microwave. So I had to buy stuff that I could either eat plain or actually fry up. So I would always buy burger patties and eggs, and that would usually be my meal. Is I would I would make a cheeseburger and then I'd put the egg on it. And I made a couple of those. That was a a go-to meal for me, which is even more delicious in France because natural ingredients, no American American BS there. I mean, I'm not against GMOs, but I'm just saying, like, it it tasted amazing because it was all natural stuff. Oh, but that's the other thing. You got to eat the cheese while you got the cheese because it goes bad in like four days because there's no preservatives in it. So learn that the hard way. Bought a big-ass block of cheese, ate like a quarter of it, and then I'm like, fuck. That was the end of my cheese. My fromage. Oh, well. Alé du fromage? Alé du fromage? Yes. Good reference, by the way. Good reference. Anybody get that reference? Leave us in the comments if you get it. Good reference. Good show, too. So, Bart takes advantage of Milhouse and Samantha kissing by making some horrible baseball card (laughs) trades. He gets like a Mickey Mantle rookie card and trades it for a picture of Homer on the couch. But now, uh, Homer realizes that he can listen to new age music and lose weight and he decides to
1: sign up for it. The Dr. Marvin Monroe program. So, of course. March... Uh, but they're out of weight loss. Yeah. <laughs> so they give him the vocabulary expander. Nah, just
0: give him the vocabulary expander. My favorite part is when they're when they're asking what they want, and Marge they they offer hostage negotiations, and Marge actually thinks about it, and she's like, nah, just give me the fat burner," because even in her scenario, Homer still gets killed trying to negotiate. So Marge sees Bart all depressed because. Here you go, fatty. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, here you go, fatty. <laughs> I love the sarcastic guy all the time. It's like all they do is kiss. Oh, that's adorable. They don't open their mouths, do they? No. That's adorable. Milhouse is sitting with Samantha on the bus, so Bart has no choice but to sit with Martin. And then they arrange a play date, but it doesn't last because Martin plays the lute and Bart runs away. So Homer's vocabulary thing is working out great. He's saying all kinds of big fancy words, but he's still eating a bunch and his vocabulary is so confusing that when he tries to tell Margie wants to be intimate, she doesn't understand a damn thing. But th- that's actually a pretty funny running gag. I didn't write down like all the, all the vocabulary gags and everything, because that's one of those ones where they're so fast-paced, you kind of have to watch it. And that's a lot of note-taking, so I didn't write those down. But I did write down the Itchy and Scratchy episode, because that's something we're always going to cover on here. This episode is called... I'm getting buried, oh yeah, I'm being buried in the morning, or I'm, Uh, is that, is that what it is? Oh god, I might have actually written this down wrong. I'm budding buried in the morning. But yeah, it's a, it's a wedding-themed one. Reverend Itchy chops off Scratchy's bride's head, and then his head, and then he drives away, dragging the heads in the just-married car. Bart laughs, but Samantha and Milhouse do not they go to see a movie. during. It's a Space Mutants movie. During the scary part, they scream and hold each other. And then they start kissing again. And Bart's just had enough of this. And Milhouse is like, Bart, p- please let us at least use your treehouse. If Samantha's father found out, he'd kill her. And Bart's like, Oh, you can use the treehouse. And he tells on him. And Samantha's dad places her into an all-girls school We'll never see Millhouse again. You know, that old trier trope, right? Now you got to separate yep. them. Well, we are still in 1992. Some of these ideas were still original back then. I know it sounds funny to think about it now because it's just like, uh, that trope again. It's like, actually, that was an early sitcom trope, but sitcoms hadn't really killed it yet.
1: Also, so, it was still a viable thing that could actually happen. Right. Yeah, because... Whereas nowadays, she's going to a different school. Who fucking cares? I'll talk to her all fucking day. and Yeah, just geez. text her, right?
0: <laughs> exactly. I mean, even if this was a little bit later in the 90s, they could use AIM and stay in touch. But, Homer, it's time to weigh in, buddy. It's been two weeks. And he gained thirteen pounds and he curses out the vocabulary tape and destroys it. I also like the really quick uh, the really quick shot of Milhouse sat on the jungle gym and Ralph <laughs> Ralph makes the line. It's recess everywhere but in his heart. When Ralph was still not a total dum-dum yet. But yeah. So Bart goes to Lisa for advice. And of course, he she shows him the, the, the magazine that in a million years humankind will develop a fifth finger.
1: My fingers? Grows. Gross! Gross! <laughs>
0: well,
1: and why he didn't... He holds
0: up his hand up to it. I know. Oh, those, those are great gags, too. Like the four-finger discount. Because they only got them four fingers. I also always enjoyed, uh... <clears throat> Bart, Bart saying like oh well <laughs> mom's not home and I need advice why don't you go to dad well I did but I couldn't understand a damn thing he was saying but Lisa convinces him that he has to confess to millhouse so he goes to see millhouse distraught in his room crying I don't want you to see me cry Milhouse, I seen you cry when you skin your knee when they run out of chocolate milk and when you're doing long division you have a remainder left over. And he confesses, and then they get into a brawl that his parents are thrilled with because Milhouse is out of bed and full of energy again. And the fight is ended with the destruction of the Magic 8-Ball, which for the record, if Bart cracked that thing over Milhouse's head, Milhouse should be dead. Those things are pretty sturdy. So... (laughs) But I do like the line, I bet the 8-Ball didn't see that coming. And then Homer loses his vocabulary. He can't remember what a friggin' spoon is. So that's the end of your Homer B plot. Because I think, yeah, that's it, right? Because it, it ends. at the school. Oh no, wait. There's the There's the graphic too. But so Samantha's been sent to Saint Sebastian School for Wicked Girls. They have French Canadian nuns, but she doesn't want to get caught kissing Millhouse because it's fifty rosaries a kiss. So they part ways for good. And Milhouse asks Bart, Do you think I'll ever find another girl like her? And Bart's like, You're asking the wrong guy, dude. They all look alike to me. And the ending graphic is Homer defining some big words for you. Well, there you go. Bart's friend fell in love. Love didn't work out for him. What do you think, Dan? It's a fun episode. I mean there's better Milhouse centric episodes, but we gotta experiment with him a little bit. I just always love that all, all the differences that they always do with Milhouse, right? Is like he's supposed to be the he's supposed to be the nerdy loser kid who's not actually smart, like that's Martin. He's the other the other stereotypical geeky guy. He doesn't do well with anything. <laughs> he's not a teacher's pet, he is kind of a bad kid, but he's still kinda dweebish. And there's a lot of teases about him being gay, but we all know ultimately he falls in love with Lisa. Hell, in, a, in a future, future-themed episodes of The Simpsons, they have him either working for Lisa or literally with Lisa, like they're married. So, Milhouse has kind of a—Milhouse's future changes based on where we're going here. So our first piece of trivia is the voice of Samantha Stanky is Kimmy Robertson. If you're curious about her top four credits on IMDb, she is the feather duster in the Beauty and the Beast animated movie. She's Gloria Forrester in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Stuart Little, she's a race spectator. And in Speed 2 Cruise Control, which hopefully nobody ever saw, she's the cruise director. Thankfully, I've never seen that
1: one. It's not in there that she's Lucy from Twin Peaks? It's not one of her top credits. (laughs) But yes, I was going to say, that's where you know her from. Yeah. You know, in The Little Mermaid, she's like most of the sisters. (laughs) But she's not credited.
0: Uh, she was also on the Pepper Ann TV series, which I know was popular at the time.
1: Oh, Pepper Ann! Pepper Ann! She's still cool for seventh grade.
0: She was on the Louie show,
1: and she was on the Tick. She's Dot. Y'all Pepper were... Ann. She's like one in a million. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and she was on both Twin Peaks too. Yep. She was like the um, assistant secretary lady for the police department. Yes. So, all right. Well, there's your, uh,
0: <clears throat> there's your trivia for her. Now here's some actual episode trivia. The Raiders march place throughout the opening sequence. It's John Williams' song. And they had to contact Steven Spielberg so they could
1: use it. Because he owns the rights. Mr. I mean, Senior Spielbergo? Buenos dias. The song
0: that the nuns are singing is Dominique by Janine Deckers of Belgium, better known as Sour, Sour Sourire, or The Singing Nun. That's a hard name to pronounce. It's remembered chiefly for the refrain, which goes Dominique, Nick, Nick, Sien à simple. Uh, there's a whole French thing in here. I'm not going to read the whole thing. The literal translation is, Dominique went about simply a poor singing traveler. On every road, in every place, he talks only of the good Lord. He talks only of the good Lord. So, of course, it's a very religious song from the French Canadian nuns, and it's, of course, a French song. Because what else would it be? The physical appearance of Samantha was based on Jay Kogan's niece, also named Samantha. Uh, Lisa's Magazine Headline, The Year 2525, Were Zagar and Evans Right? Which refers to musicians, Zagar and Evans, about their song in the year 2525. I mean, there's a lot of things that, like, we got wrong about the future, right? Like, 2015 was the big one. with back to the future, too. <laughs> uh, Millhouse does make a reference that his relationship with samantha started like romeo and Juliet, but then ended in tragedy of course the joke there is that millhouse doesn't know how the play ends but the original line in the scene i actually think was funnier it felt like someone gave my heart a wedgie i would have kept that in uh did you notice that millhouse had an x-wing poster in his room indeed so here's what Kimmy Robertson said of her role: "I had no idea how popular I was going to be after I did that. All my friends think I'm the bee's knees now. I've made it. Because that's what the Simpsons did in the early days.
1: Even though know, she just did Twin Peaks. Yes.
0: Well, that's the thing, right? Is like the Simpsons became so synonymous with pop culture by the end of season three that like being a celebrity on The Simpsons was the cool thing." And now it's, again, it's it's still one of those things where like, oh, now who hasn't been on The Simpsons yet? There's a great Treehouse of Horror joke about all the people who turned them down. It's like Treehouse of Horror 25 and the opening, they introduce all the guests for their Halloween special as everybody who turned The Simpsons down. Like George Clooney's the big name. And then when it, the curtains open, they're all dead, spelling out the word Treehouse of Horror. And Julie Kavner was the one who praised the opening sequence because it focused on the animation and didn't have any dialogue in it. That's why it was so good. So there you go. Bart's friend fell in love. And it didn't really work out for him. Although, Milhouse's other big crush, Lisa, well, that one gets really rough. And we'll talk about their relationship as we go on here. But Monday we are going to conclude season three, Dan. We have reached the end. We're gonna wrap up one of the one of the absolute best overall seasons of the Simpsons because three through eight are the golden seasons. After eight is when the season quality really starts to dip. But this these are the golden seasons here. So we're gonna be having a good time for a while for at least the next couple of couple of months as we're doing these good seasons. Before we really start to dip. But Brother Can You Spare Two Dimes. Is the finale. It is the return of Herb Powell. Unfortunately. It's also the last time we see Herb Powell. Other than brief mentions. Flashbacks and other things. But he never comes back as a prominent character.
1: Sadly. And never as DeVito.
0: Never. Yeah. Which I'm sure DeVito would do it. But. I don't know. I I always like the Herb Powell character. But. At least least they brought him back and gave him a proper send-off. If you're never going to use him again, you did the right thing with him. So at least we've got that. But that's Monday. We'd like to wish you all a fabulous night. Have a great weekend. And we will see you back here Monday to finish up Season 3 with another stupid, sexy podcast. Just like I'm podcasting, nothing at all.